So this evening, uh, I'm not going to take too much time, but I want to share something which is, uh, uh, you know, which was kind of lingering in my mind. So I just want to share that a uh, little bit from the Word of God. I want to talk a little bit about God's real estate. God's real estate. So most of us, all of us know what is real estate means. Right? What is real estate? Any idea? You need some help because some people are new to the country. They may not know what is real estate. But real estate is everywhere in all countries. Okay. Pro sorry? Properties? Okay. Okay. Acquiring properties and selling properties. Right? So these are some of the things they do in the real estate. Anything else? I heard you. Anything else? Right, so we know, you know, people in this world, we all need properties. We need lands, we need houses, we need businesses, we need uh, various establishments. So acquiring them and selling them, they are really termed as real estate. So this evening, we are, it's interesting, we are going to talk a little bit about God's real estate. Do you know that God is in real estate business? No? No. Okay, so we are going to find that from the word of God. <laughs> okay, so it's in that, that, that's the reason I said it's interesting. Some of the facts about real estate, you know, there are a lot of interesting facts. If you, if you can find out from you know, the internet, there are a lot of interesting facts about real estate. So listen to some of these facts. In the United States, there are five times as many vacant houses as there are homeless people. There are five times as many as vacant houses as there are homeless people in the United States. Warren Buffett, one of the you know, millionaire, multi-millionaire, one of the richest men in the world, he's still living in the same house that he bought in 1958. And he paid, you know what, how much? He paid $31,500. $31,500 to buy that house in 1958 so he's still living in that same house but his net worth is 72.5 billion US dollars in 2009 there were more foreclosures in the United States than there were marriages you know what is foreclosure right looks like I'm taking a class now <laughs> <laughs> you know what is foreclosure? A owner of the house is not able to pay his mortgages, so the bank comes and takes the house. Right? So that's called foreclosure. So in the United States, there are more foreclosures than marriages happening in the United States every year. In Scotland, the homeowners, you know, this is what they do. They paint the door in red color. That means they already paid off their mortgages. They own the house. In some area in the United States, they still practice this. If they see a winged eagle over their front door, that means they own the house. That's a symbol that, that you know, they are freed from their mortgage payment. And we know who are the you know, mortgages done through agents, right? So they are the brokers, they are the agents. They help to sell the house. They are real estate agents. They're very talented people. I don't know if you have come across any of the real estate 
agents and how do we deal with them, right? If they want to sell a house and they will take you around and they make sure that you buy that house, right? Or you sell that house or you buy that house. So they're very talented people. So they, they, they generally the statistics says a key skill that is required for any real estate agent is a negotiation skill. It's a kind of win-to-win -win contract, kind of that kind of situation. You know, they develop these negotiation skills so that they can go around and do their business. So there are a lot of interesting facts about this business of real estate and mortgages, which will help us to sell our houses or buy the houses, right? Now, it's a very interesting business. It's a very flourishing business. You know, people make a lot of money, as Blessing mentioned. You know, people make a lot of money by selling and by transacting lands and houses and commercial establishments. So it's a very, 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 very interesting business. So now this evening we are here to find out what is or you know what exactly God does in real estate. So I want you to you know, turn with me if you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter 20, chapter 2, verse 15. You know, God created the heaven and the earth, and the Garden of Eden was there. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 says, Then Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep the land. Now God is starting his first real estate business in the Garden of Eden. Taking men and putting him in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep the land. To keep the Garden of Eden. Right? Now throughout the Old Testament history, now probably you'll get an idea what I'm going to talk about. You know, throughout the Old Testament history, we see people acquiring lands. People buying houses. Scripture says in Jacob, at some point of time in his life, he came to Shechem. And he bought a parcel of land there. And scripture says where he pitched his tent and he lived there. So in order to live there, he bought a land. Now when children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, what was told to them? You need to go into the land of Canaan and possess the land. Start inheriting the land, possess the land. When Joshua and Caleb, they were sent to Canaan as a spy. Right? What was told to them? You need to go and see whether we can acquire the land. Whether we can get that land. You know, God has been there in the real estate business in the past. In Exodus chapter 6 verse 8, I can read that for you. Exodus 6, 8 says, And I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and Guy, I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. And God says, I will take you to the land which I promised to give to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and I will give that land to you and that becomes your heritage. Right? Some point of time, God was telling to the children of Israel, reading from Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 10, and this is what God said, So it shall be when the Lord God brings you into the land, Deuteronomy 6.10, into, into the land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities. Now God has promised that, I want you to think about, God has promised that I will give you beautiful cities, which you did not build. Houses full of good things, which you did not fill. Hewn out wells which you did not dig, 
vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant when you have eaten and are full. You know, God promised to the children of Israel that he will give houses, he will give land, he will give olive trees, you know, he will give all the blessings in, his, in the children of Israel's life. And he also spoke to Joshua. We read that in Joshua chapter 24, verse 13. Joshua 24, 13. I have given you a land for which you did not labor, and cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. You know, what a blessing it will be. We don't build the house. We don't buy the land. We don't buy, build, put the trees around the house. But we get everything for free. You know, children of Israel were blessed in that way. So this evening we are talking about God being in the real estate business. Right? Now Jesus was declaring to, the, to his disciples, and this is what he said, my father is already in the real estate business, so I came to this world, and this is what says, he said, let, let's read from John chapter 14, let's turn to John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. John 14. Reading from verse 1. Listen to this. Jesus looking at the disciples, he said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? Verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. <clears throat> no one comes to the Father except through me. So verse 2 says, Jesus telling to his disciples, in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to my father's house to prepare a place for you. We are talking about God being in the real estate business. He's talking about Jesus to his disciples. He's talking about heaven, as we know. Jesus told, I'm going to go to my father. Where is the father? Father is in heaven. My father who is in heaven. Our father who is in heaven. Father is in heaven. And Jesus said, I'm going to go to heaven. And when I go to heaven, what do I find there? There are many mansions, big bungalows are built there in my father's house. And I will go and I will prepare a place for you. And I will come back and I will take you back. You know, this is a real, real estate. I don't know why the name came. Real estate. I don't know whether you thought of that any time. It's real estate. So when Jesus said, I'm going to go to my father. So he mentioned about a real place. That's called my father's house. It's heaven. 
And what are there? What, what do you find there? Many mansions. How many mansions are there? Any idea? Many? So how many is many? Yes, Sharon? Sharon got an answer, I thought. It's a serious answer. How many is many? No? Right, so there are many mansions in the, my father's house. We don't know how many. So mansions are nothing but dwelling places in heaven. Dwelling places in heaven. And these mansions were not, looks like they are not really ready. That's the reason Jesus said, I will go and prepare a place for you. I will go and prepare a place for you, but mansions are there. So I will go and prepare that place so that you can come and you can occupy those mansions. So as I said, this real estate is so real. And houses are so real there. Everything is so real in heaven. Right? And as we know, as we know the Bible for a long time, some of us, we know that this whole world is going to be destroyed completely. By? By what? Water? No, by fire. The whole earth is going to be destroyed by fire. And we know what, when, what scripture says, then God is going to make something new. If you can turn with me to Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. Revelation 21, verse 1 says, Now I saw John seeing, foreseeing the things which are yet to happen. And he says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more. See. Now we are talking about a place what God considers as his real estate, and he has built mansions there, and he's not going to charge, he's going to give it free of cost, and he's going to come back and he's going to take us to that mansion. You know, we are talking about we are talking about a myth, we are talking about a story, we are talking about something real which is going to happen. As we see in Revelation, <coughs> John saw a new heaven. And the new earth, the first heaven and the fourth year, first year, what we see today, they passed away. And there is not going to be sea anymore in the new heaven and in the new earth. So we're talking about real estate in heaven. Mansions in heaven. You know what? God constructed the mansions and the mansions are kept ready for us, that's what Jesus said. In my father's house, there are many mansions. Do you want to know how the mansions look like? Right? Before we enter, before we buy. Nothing you can do to buy, but then it is given. It's going to be given to us as a gift. And before we go, probably we need to just get an idea of how the mansions look like. Let's turn to Revelation 21. We're in the same chapter. Verses 18 to 21. That's how the mansions are look like, going to look like. Verse 18, Revelation 21. <clears throat> the construction of its wall was of jasper. Right? So we read from Revelation 21, 18. And the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, 
The third, Chalcedony. The fourth foundation is Emerald. The fifth foundation is Sardionics. The sixth, Sardius. And the seventh, Chrysolite. The eighth, Beryl. The ninth, Topaz. The tenth, Chrysopress. The eleventh, Jacinth. And the twelfth, Amethyst. And say, verse 21 says, The twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. Have you come across any such real estate in your life? Probably not. Scripture says God is, as, you know, God is preparing, he has already prepared mansions for us, not in this earth, but in heaven. You know, that's how it looked like. <clears throat> right? And life there is going to be really blessed. It's not like the life that we have today. <clears throat> right? We buy a house for $200,000, $300,000 and we try to <clears throat> build everything within it and around it and try to have that house for a few years and that things start falling apart when it becomes 15 years, 20 years. 20 years, you are expected to change your, the shingles. Right? And at 30 years, you know, something else will come out and the leakage will start. Everything will start. And the whole house is going to collapse few thousand, sorry, few hundred years or maybe even few tens of years sometime. But we are talking about a house which is eternal in nature, which God had already prepared. And let's talk a little bit about the life there, how the life is going to be. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 65. Word of God talks about how the days are going to be, the coming days. When, you know, there is so much is going on on this earth. For God's people, and God has planned precious things. So much of blessings. We read from Isaiah chapter 65 verse 17. It says, For behold, I create new heavens and new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. Isaiah 65, 19. You know, today in this world, we hear weeping everywhere. We hear crying everywhere. But we are talking about a land which is a blessed land which is about to come in our lives. And there is no more weeping, there is no more sorrow, no more crying. Verse 20 says, no more shall an infant from there live but a few days. Nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days. Scripture says there is no premature death. There is no abortion. There is no premature death happening to anybody there. For the child shall die 100 years old. Such an eternity. It, it's a representation of the eternal. Eternity. Child shall die in 100 years old. But the sinner being 100 years old shall be accursed. Verse 21. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. <clears throat> 
For as the days of a tree, so shall be the days of my people, and my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble, for they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord, and their offspring with them. You know, scripture talks about the days which are going to come in our lives. So we are talking about something which is real because word of God talks about how the heavenly mansions look like and how life that in that mansion is going to be and how eternal the life is. So scripture talks about it. And now let's come back to John 14 verses 1 to 6 as Jesus was sitting there and telling his disciples in John chapter uh, 14. So here we see Jesus told that the house is going to be the mansion is going to be real there in the heavenly realms. And now he says, <clears throat> he says, I am going to my heaven, my father's place. I will go and prepare a place for you. And verse 3, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. You know, the idea here is Jesus going to heaven and preparing the place for us and he is going to come back and take us back into the heaven, the same place where Jesus is going to be. You know, it's a scriptural fact. It is our belief, it's our faith that we are going to live with the Lord Jesus eternally forever. Does it look so today? Are we going to live with the Lord Jesus eternally? Do we believe that? Do we, have you ever thought of that? That I am going to live with the Lord Jesus? We need to think about it. Right? If we think about it, we will work for it. We will move towards it. So that's what Jesus said. It's a promise. What is a promise? I will come back and take you to the place where I am going to be. You know, disciples were in a very desperate situation. They were just told that Jesus will be crucified. He spoke to them. He talked, talked about the betrayer. He talked about the one who is going to, you know, uh, kiss him. And what he is going there, the Roman soldiers are going to do to Christ Jesus. And disciples were in a very desperate situation. They don't know where to go. Now, now Jesus was telling them, do not worry. In my father's house, there are many mansions. I will go and prepare one for you. And I will come back and take you back home. You know, that was a promise for them. And it was an offer which was given to the disciples and to the church and to all of us today. And it's a free offer. There is no cost. Because the cost was paid at the cross. When Jesus died at the cross, the cost for the heavenly mansion was already paid. And as we know, we, said, we read that how beautiful the heavenly house was. We're talking about the promise that God Jesus left to us, saying that I'm going to come back and take you back home. You know, we need to think about that promise. We need that assurance in our hearts that my Lord is going to come back and he's going to take me back home. And scripture says that house is not made with hands. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 says, For we know that if our earthly house... This tent, he's referring, Paul is referring to his own body. His tent is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. Paul is saying, 
This body that we are living in today, it's a temporary tent that God has given to us. And what is it kept for? For destruction. What's going to happen to our bodies? Down the line, sometime. We don't think about those things. It's going to be destroyed. Right? Do you think that your children are going to keep your body forever and ever? No. They're just waiting for that opportunity. When I can bury and get rid of him, get rid of her. Right? They're not going to keep you forever. So this body is kept for destruction. Right? What are all we do to that body today? Right? It's good. As long as we live on this earth, God has asked us to take care of our body. Because it is also called a temple of God. Because the Spirit of God resides within us. So we care for our body. We take care of our body. And we, we, do, we maintain our conditions. Everything we do. But scripture says, this house, this tent, is where we live today. It will be destroyed. But we have a building from God. A house not made with hands. Who made the heavenly mansions? God made? How God would have made? The same way probably he made heaven and the earth by his word. He would have made the heavenly mansions not made with hands. And that's how God is promising to the children, to, to the disciples and to all of us. And he's saying that I will go and I will come back and take you to that same place where I will be. And God has already prepared it. That's what he tell, told to the disciples. In my father's house, there are many mansions. That means the house is already built. Scripture also says that, if you can read with me, in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 16, Scripture says, God has already prepared that house. Hebrews eleven sixteen. 16. The writer of Hebrews says, but now they desire a better. That is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. You know, in fact, God has prepared a great city, Jerusalem, in the heavenly realms for us, for our families. It's already prepared. And scripture also says in Philippians chapter 3 verse 20, where is our citizenship? In Canada? In India? In South Africa? No. Where is our citizenship? In heaven. Can you see your passport? You're silent. <laughs> right? so scripture says, heaven is our citizenship. That's where we have our citizenship. Philippians 3.20, for our citizenship is in heaven. From which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. See how the scriptures are tied together. Now Jesus is sitting with the disciples and telling him, I will come back. I'm going to come back to this world. Now here Paul is writing. Paul is saying that with the help of the Holy Spirit, our citizenship is in heaven. From where we are waiting for our Savior to come back. You know, today the church is waiting for the Savior to come back. You and I, we are waiting for the Savior to come back. So our citizenship in, is in heaven. You know, sometimes we get discouraged that we want to become a citizens of some nation. Right? We all have desires. 
If I, t- if I you know, ask you, some, sometimes you say that, no, I want to go to Australia and I want to become an Australian, Australian citizen. I want to go to New Zealand. I want to go to uh, you know, United, United Kingdom. Many different nations we, we can name. We all want to become a citizen of those nations. But scripture says it really doesn't matter if you're a citizen of one country or not. You are not, you are not a citizen at all. It doesn't really matter. You need to be a citizen of heaven. You need to be a citizen of heaven. So we talked about the real, real estate that God has built. We talked about the promise that he gave to the disciples. Now finally, how do we go there? You know, that's, that was the same problem with the disciples too. Verse 4. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Jesus assumed that they know the way and they know where to go, how to go, how to reach that place. And Thomas said to him, verse 5, John 14. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. Lord Jesus, you assume that, you know, we know everything. But no, it's not true. We don't know. We don't know where you are going. You, you, you came and you keep saying that, Father, from the Father, from the father I came. Father sent me to the earth. And I came down. But you assume that where you are going. But I don't know. We don't know really where you are going. And he says, and how can we know the way? If we don't know where you are going, then how can we know the way? First of all, we want to know where you are going. Right? The saying says, if you you don't know where to go, will a map help you? Right? You can have the Google map, but you don't know where to go. <laughs> the map is of no use. So disciples are saying, first of all, we don't know where to go, where you are going. Then how do we know the way? Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now I think that's important you know that's where jesus was making it very clear how to inherit those eternal mansions jesus told the disciples i am the way i am the truth i am the life no one comes to the father except through me and I don't think anyone has ever made that statement saying that I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. Because the fact is nobody came down to this world to die, to give their lives. Jesus Christ came to this world to give his life for you and for me. And it is very important that we know where to go. We know where to go. We need to go to heaven. Because life on this earth is mortal. It is going to end very soon. We don't know how, when. But we need to go to heaven because that's where the eternal life is. The life on this earth is temporary. But the life that we are going to have, that what Jesus is talking about is eternal. You know, the eternity has to come into our minds today when we live on this earth. You know, that, that is very, very important. You know, all our answers, all our questions, when they need to be answered, the eternity is the only answer. You know, and many times we may have, Lord, why am I going through all this trouble? Why is such a sickness in my family? And we have all these kind of questions. But the only answer is eternity. 
eternity. Eternity. And if you can take, can take a hundred meter thread, and you can mark one centimeter with the red ink in that hundred meter thread, and you can stretch that hundred meter thread from one end to the other, you see a mark, the red mark only in the red, one, one centimeter of the hundred meter thread. That's how our life is on this earth. And you see a remaining, you know, so many meters of thread which represent the eternity, the eternal life. The life on this earth is very, very short. And the eternal life is everlasting life. And do we need to really worry about the life on this earth or the life which is yet to come? Jesus was trying to teach that to the disciples, saying, What is important is you need to know the place where I am going. And you also need to know the way through which you can come to that place. And Jesus made that very clear. That I am going to go to my father. Where my father is. Father is in the heaven. And how do we go to heaven? And Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Now before we close, let, let's uh, read a couple of scriptures. Who can go there really to the eternal heaven? We read that from Revelation chapter 21 verse 27. Revelation 21. Verse 27, scripture says, not everybody can go there. Only very few people, peculiar people can go. Who are they? Verse 27 says, but there shall by no means enter in anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. You know, these terms, they represent that defiles, that means sinful things. Abomination, that means, you know, you know very, very severely sinful or lie, those who speak lie, they cannot go to heaven. That covers all the sins. So sinful things cannot go to heaven. That's what scripture says. And what is sin? What is sin? Anything that we do, which don't please God, they are sins. Right? Anything that we do which is not good, which affects our lives, which affects someone else, and God, if He knows, He is not happy. Whether God knows? What we do, if God knows, He is not going to be happy. Whether God knows everything, what we do? Yes. So if that, those things, if they don't please God, you know, that's what is sin. Now scripture says, but there shall be no, by no means enter in anything, Revelation 21, 27, that defiles or causes an abomination or lie, but who will go? But only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. You know, there is a book called the Lamb's book of life. Lamb represents Christ Jesus, the Lamb of God. Lamb's book of life. Looks like Jesus keeps a book in his pocket. Right? So he keeps a book in his pocket. And that's called the Lamb's book of life. And he writes the names in the Lamb's book of life. And only those names which are written in the Lamb's book of life, they can go to heaven. Not everybody. Not everybody. Right? Not all the roads lead to Rome. No, it's not. God is preparing it. God is having a book in his hand. And he is going to put your name the moment you find that way. The moment you start walking in that way. 
The moment you start walking in that way that will lead you to heaven, your name is written. And those whose names are written, they can go to heaven. And it's very important to know whether our names are written in the book of Lamb or not. When our names will be written in the book of Lamb, when we recognize, when we acknowledge the work that Jesus performed at the cross. Now it's so important that you recognize, you acknowledge that work that Jesus performed at the cross by saying that, Lord Jesus, I know that you came to this world to allow yourself to be crucified, to shed your precious blood. And through your blood, you brought redemption of mankind. You brought forgiveness of sins. And as my sins are forgiven, I can go to heaven. I can go to heaven. You know, we all live in a sinful world. At times, you know, we come across, we are in touch with sin things, sinful things in this world. But the moment we are in touch with the sinful things in this world, it is good to come back to the Lord and say, Lord, anything that's bothering your mind, anything that you feel that it is not right, just come and tell him, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Wash me with your blood. So when you do that every time, you keep yourself awake. You keep yourself walking in the ways of God, in the way of God that Jesus spoke about so that we will reach the eternal heaven. And Jesus said, he gave a promise saying that I will come back to this world and take you back. So let's read one scripture where Paul is writing about the coming of the Lord. Read that from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 14 to 17. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 14 to 17. Scripture says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring him, bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Let's read from 15. For this we say to you, by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord, so that means Jesus is going to come back to this world, will by no means precede those who are asleep, those who died already. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout of the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. You know, my scripture says that Jesus Christ is going to come back to this world. And why he is coming back to this world? Because he said to the, to the he spoke to the disciples saying that your heart be not be troubled. I'm going to my father's house and I'm going to prepare a mansion for you. Once I prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back to this world. I'm going to take you back to my father and you are going to live with me where I will be living eternally. You know, those are the words spoken by Lord Jesus. Now we say, Paul writing here saying that the Lord himself, Jesus himself is going to come back because he said that I'm going to come back. That was the promise he gave to the disciples. Verse 16 says, the Lord himself is going to come back. He will descend from heaven with a shout of a voice of an archangel. An archangel is going to stand there and he's going to make a shout. And when he does that, Lord Jesus is going to descend. And with the trumpet of God, the angels are going to blow the trumpet of God. And what will happen when that happens? Scripture says, and the dead in Christ will rise first. 
The dead in Christ. Those who knew the way, those who walked in that way, called Jesus. They are going to rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him, with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Exactly that's what Jesus said. I will take you back so that you will be in a place where I will be also. And now Paul is saying, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. You know, that is a blessed promise that Jesus gave to all of us. That's the plan of God. You know, God is in real estate business because, and because of that he prepared a mansion for you. He already built a mansion for you. And he sent his son Jesus to this world and allowed him to, to die at the cross so that we don't need to purchase it because it's, it's given for free of cost. And the mansion is already there. It, uh, and it is 100% it is guaranteed for those who walk in that way. And once we walk in that way, when our names are written in the book of the Lamb, when the Lord comes, we are going to be taken up into the heavens to live with Him forever and ever. And then the world, those who are left over, left out, they are going to go through the persecution that will come when the Antichrist brings that persecution on this world. You know, that's the truth. That's the word of God. And this evening, before we close, we need to respond to what God spoke just now. Shall we all stand for a moment? It's very important. It's very important this evening that we know the place where we are all heading to. It is very important that we know the way that will take us to the eternal heaven. If we do not know the place, we cannot prepare our lives. And God says that he has already prepared a, built a mansion for you. And Jesus says, I am the way Walk in, my, walk in my way that will take you to the place where I will be. And once you start walking in that way, I'm going to come back to this world. When I come back to this world, I'm going to take you back to the eternal heaven. Heaven is real. Hell is real too. If God had already prepared the heaven for his people, he has already prepared the hell for the devil. But the devil is a very cunning fellow. He is trying to tell you, no. These things are not real. This is what the Christians, they talk about most of the time. But just enjoy the world the way you want. Have fun the way you want. There is nothing called sin. It's only conscious. That's how the devil teaches. But Jesus said, you need to know the place. You need to know how to reach there. Because all of us, the entire mankind, they are not going to reach there. Only those names are written in the book of the Lamb. They are going to make it to heaven. They are going to be taken up from this world when he comes to this world. And this evening, the question that you need to ask, 
Is my name written in the book of the Lamb? Is my name written in the book of the Lamb? Just want every one of you to ask that question to yourself. Is my name written in the book of the Lamb? If you are not sure, probably now is the time that your name to be written in the book of the Lamb. Only way your name can be written in the book of the Lamb is by knowing the way. And that way is Jesus. By knowing that way. Because He came down from heaven to earth to give His life for you. To shed His precious blood for you. And the blood that He shed at the cross is still so precious. And only His blood is able to forgive your sins, nothing else. All the blood of mankind is already corrupted blood, no pure blood. That's the reason Jesus had to come from heaven. He himself is God. And this evening that blood is so precious. All that we need to do is, if you are not sure whether our names are written in the book of the Lamb, this evening we need to receive him. Bible says those who receive him, as many as those who receive him, he gave the right to them to become children of God. You need to become a child of God. The way to become a child of God is to accept him, is to receive him. And this evening, this is yet another opportunity in your life. Those who are here and those who are listening to me wherever you are, this is another opportunity in your life you receive Jesus into your life it doesn't matter what you have what you do not have but you need to have Jesus because only having Jesus in your life will take into your, you into the eternity which will remain forever and ever but there will be great suffering in the hell when children of God will be sitting in the heaven Bible says the hell is a place where sulfur burns sulfur and brimstone flows and sulfur and brimstone, they, they melt around 400 degrees Fahrenheit. Heat like the heat inside the oven. That's how hell is going to be. And we don't want to go to the hell to suffer eternally. But now is the time when you accept, when you receive this precious Jesus into your life. If any of you standing here, if you say that, I need this Jesus in my life. I want to receive this precious Jesus in my life so that I will go to the eternal heaven. Let me see your hand. Put your hand down. Put your hand down. If any of you, you have not given your life to Jesus already, if you want to make that commitment today, I want to walk in that way that you are talking about. Any of you, just make sure if your names are written in the book of the Lamb, if your names are not written, just raise your hand. Those who are listening to me, wherever you are, just raise your hand and put your hand down because God is seeing you. God is seeing you. You need to do this at least one time in your life, somewhere. This is a good opportunity. Anyone else want to see your hands? Anyone else? Going to pray for you right now. 
God has spoken to us this evening. It is very important we make the right choice. The choice that will take you to eternal heaven. This evening make the choice in your life. Even you probably would not have raised your hand for many reasons. But I want you to make the choice in your heart tonight. Before we leave from this place. Jesus. I know the way Lord God. I want to walk in your ways. Can we make that prayer tonight? Can all of us make that prayer tonight? For the benefits of, benefit of somebody who do not know how to pray. Just want to make a short prayer. Want you to repeat that prayer after me because God listens. If you make that prayer from the bottom of your heart, God listens that prayer. Can we pray? Precious Lord Jesus, want every one of you to repeat for the benefit of others. Precious Lord Jesus, I just come to know the heavenly places that you have prepared for me. But I know sin cannot enter into heaven. Lord, today I find sin in my life. I'm living in the midst of people who are having sin. My body is sinful. My nature is sinful. I need forgiveness, Lord. Jesus, I ask you that you would forgive me. Wash my sins with your blood. I know you died for me at the cross. Forgive my sins. Lord, please write my name in the book of the Lamb. Can you ask that again? Lord, please write my name in the book of the Lamb. I receive you tonight. I want to become your child. As scripture says, Lord, as I receive you into my heart, I accept you as my Lord. I become your child. Lord, I believe that when you come back, you are going to take me to the heavens. Lord, I am your child. You are my God. I thank you for doing it. In Jesus' name. Amen.